You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, speaking of the Christmas spirit, let me start by asking you this question. How many of you have a nativity set at home? You know, maybe you have some little figurines or maybe you have a nativity set outdoors on your lawn. I see some people shaking their heads. You know, when I was a kid, my grandmother had a nativity set. And I remember being kind of fascinated by all the little figures, you know, Jesus, the baby Jesus in a manger and the shepherds and the wise men and some of the farm animals. And I think what happens is as we grow up, we get so used to celebrating Christmas, like the fact that Jesus came, that I think sometimes we miss the wonder of how he came. I mean, think about it. We drive around and we see nativity scenes everywhere, and we don't even think twice about it. Like, my neighbor has, like, a baby in a manger and, like, some farm animals on his lawn right now. And I don't even think twice about it. And I think sometimes we miss the wonder of how Jesus came. I mean, when I stop and think about the fact that the Son of God came to this planet as a human, was born as a baby, that just blows my mind. Maybe it's because I have three kids, three boys, you know, and I've had three babies in my house. Like, to think that Mary changed the Son of God's diaper? <laughs> like, Mary sat across the table from the Son of God and watched him eat her meatloaf? Like, did Jesus go through the terrible twos? I mean, it just wow, blows my mind to think about that. And I want to take just a few moments to talk to you about that today, how Jesus came to us, the fact that he came to this planet as a human being. So for the past few weeks, we've been in an Advent series, and what we've been doing is we've been looking at some Old Testament prophecies from the perspective of B.C., before Christmas, prophecies that were spoken centuries ago that are fulfilled in the life and person of Jesus Christ and still have meaning for us today. What I want to do today is I want us to look at a passage of Scripture where Old Testament meets New Testament, and it comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. In fact, it's Matthew's account of the Christmas story. Before we look at it, let me just set this up for you, okay? Centuries before this Scripture was written down that we're going to read today, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that a, a child would be born. A child would be born to a virgin, and this child would grow up to be a king, savior, and he would be given the name Emmanuel, God with us. And Matthew tells us that this prophecy is fulfilled in the birth and the life of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at it. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now look at verse 22. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Matthew tells us that this prophecy spoken centuries earlier is fulfilled in the birth and the life of Jesus. But Matthew is clearly telling us something else as well. What he's telling us is that Jesus was both fully God, fully divine, and fully human. He's God, that's the divine part. He's us, that's the human part. He's God with us, fully human, fully divine. This is what the church calls the doctrine of the incarnation, literally the infleshing of God. For 2,000 years, the church has proclaimed that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, the incarnation. 
incarnation. The question is, what difference does that make for us? How does that impact our lives? Well, I want to just take a few moments to talk about that. I want to give you three thoughts, three things we learned from the incarnation. Here's the first thing we learned. Number one, God loves us. Come on, everybody. That's good news. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God loves us. The most famous scripture in all of the Bible, John 3, 16, we see it hanging on banners in football stadiums. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves us. God is for us. God so loved the world. Think about this for a moment. Why would Jesus Christ come to this planet? I mean, if he was only an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-holy and righteous God, but not a loving God, why would he leave the splendor and majesty of heaven? Why would he empty himself and take on the form of a human being, be born, be born as a baby? He, he did it because he loved us. He loved us. God looked down at this planet and he saw our brokenness. He saw the mess that we were in. In church, he wasn't willing to leave us in that condition. C.S. Lewis, the great writer and Christian thinker, he once wrote about a problem that he had with Christianity before he became a Christian, and he called it the problem of the unknowability of God. He said, if God is real and if God is, is who Christians profess he is, how would it be possible for us to actually know him? Being a literary man, he gave this example. He said, for example, how could Hamlet, a character created by Shakespeare for a play, how could he possibly know his creator, Shakespeare? And then it dawned on him that the only way that could happen is if Shakespeare wrote himself into the play and became a character, then he could actually meet Hamlet. Here's what I want you to know, everybody. This is what, exactly what we believe happened at Christmas. God wrote himself into the story. Come on. He wrote himself into the story of humanity so that we could know him and have a relationship with him. And he did it because he loves us. Here's the second thing we learned from the incarnation. God comes down to us. Come on. God comes down to us. The Apostle John wrote this in his famous prologue, his introduction to his gospel. John 1.14, he said, the word, which is just a theological way of referring to Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. And then I love the way the message paraphrase puts verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's a great visual, a great way of putting it. You know, when I think about it, most of the world's religions are about us attempting to climb the ladder up to God. We have a ladder here, you know, and I think this is the way religion works. If, if I just pray enough, you know, maybe I can find my way to God. If I just do enough good things, if I'm just a really good person, you know, if I just meditate, like maybe I can somehow connect with God. And I think sometimes even we as Christians do this without even realizing it, kind of subconsciously. You know, we think if I just go to church more often, maybe if I gave some money in the offering, maybe if I got rid of some of those really bad sinful habits, like God would actually accept me. I, I can get myself to a place where God would accept me. The problem is we all know how often we fall off the ladder, don't we? But here's the shocking thing about Christmas. Christmas reveals that, that God does not require us to come up to him, but he's the God who came down to us. Come on, church. He's the God who comes down into the midst of your circumstances, your brokenness, your sin, your hurt, your disappointment, and he meets you there. That's what we believe. Think about this for just a moment. Jesus was born in a manger, in a feeding trough, like where they kept the animals. He was born in the midst of a really messy and smelly place. 
You know what that tells me about God? God is not afraid of the messy and smelly places of our lives. Come on, we all have them. And here's what God would say. I'm not afraid of that. I can come right into the middle of that place in your life and birth a miracle in your life. That's who he is. He's the God who comes down to us. And and Jesus makes a way for us to know God. He's not just God up there somewhere, some distant, unknowable God. But no, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. We can have a relationship with him. And then I think about the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took on flesh and blood, and he walked in our shoes. That means he experienced everything that we as human beings experience. He experienced pain and suffering and loss and heartache and abandonment and rejection and even death. And so in those moments where we cry out to God, I think Jesus would respond by saying, I know how you feel. Come on, I've been there before. I know how you feel. Because I've walked in your shoes. He's the God who comes down to us. And then here's the third thing we learn. God restores us. God restores us. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 4. He said, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. In other words, none of us were able to keep the perfect law of God. And so he sent his son who did that and lived a perfect life on our behalf to redeem and restore us. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. God restores us. Come on, he's not only the God who comes down to us, but he's the God who comes down to us in order to lift us up. Come on, he lifts us up to new heights that we could never reach on our own. That's who he is. Christmas means you can be the person God always intended us to be. Jesus made this possible through his birth, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. He makes it possible for us to be who God always intended us to be. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever feel like there's, there's a version of yourself on the inside, like the real you, the best version of you, that, that if you could just overcome some of the things that are holding you back, some of your hangups, you, you could live as that, that best version of yourself. You ever feel that way? Like, like maybe if I could just get rid of some of those habits, those self-destructive habits that, that I know are holding me back, if I could just get my temper under control, if I could just forgive that person and release this bitterness, if I could just be the spouse I've always wanted to be, if I could just be the parent I've always wanted to be, I think deep down on the inside, there's one thing we all have in common. We all know there's some version of ourselves that we long to be, we long to be. And here's what I want you to know, the miracle of Christmas It's not just that your sins can be forgiven. That's wonderful news. The miracle of Christmas is the new person you can be in Christ Jesus. Come on, Jesus made a way for you to be the best version of yourself, the version of yourself that you can never be on your own. That's what we believe about Christmas. Because most of us have heard it, whether you go to church right or not, most of us have heard that that Jesus Christ came to, to die for your sins, and we've probably heard that before. But let me tell you something. We have more than a sin problem. We go back to the very beginning of the story. The scripture says that, that, that God made humanity in his own image. And all of creation, we're the only thing in all of creation that God stamped with his, his image. That means he put something of himself on the inside of every one of us. But we know something went terribly wrong. It's what we call the curse of sin, the fall of, the fall of man. Something went wrong and something is broken in all of humanity. If we're honest with ourselves, there are things about us that are broken and we can't fix ourselves. 
And because Jesus was motivated by love, he wasn't willing to leave us in that condition. So the Son of God steps out of the, the, the majesty and the splendor of heaven, and he takes on flesh and blood. He gets the image of God back into humanity. Come on, if that's true, what does that say about you? If that's true, what does that say about your dignity and your worth and your purpose and your value and your full redemptive potential in Christ Jesus? What does that say about you? Come on, he's the God who reaches down in order to lift us up. That's who, that's who he is. And so the question is, how do we receive that gift? <laughs> this Christmas, how do we receive that gift? Well, the scripture tells us we receive it with a simple act of childlike faith. Just like there's plenty of children who are excited about Christmas. They have faith that something good is coming. We receive it with simple childlike faith, and it's the act of Believing, The scripture says to those who believe, he gave the rights to be called the children of God, the sons and daughters of God. And so I want to invite you to stand with me as we pray. The worship team is going to be leading us in just a moment. Why don't you stand with me? Bow your head just in a moment of prayer and reflection. As you bow your head, let me ask you this question. What better time than now? What better time than Christmas? What better time than this time of year to receive the greatest gift the world has ever received? For unto you a child is born and to simply believe. Maybe to believe for the first time. Maybe to believe all over again. Would you pray with me this morning? Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful time of year. We thank you for this time of year when we lift our voices, when we rejoice for good news that brings great joy to all of the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. God, we thank you that you love us, that you weren't willing to leave us in our brokenness, in our sinfulness, but you came for us. And God, you, you are the God who comes down to us. You don't make us climb the ladder to reach you, but you came down and you met us in the midst of our sin, in our circumstances, in our moment of need. But God, you didn't just meet us there. You made a way to lift us up, to restore us, who you always meant us to be. And Lord, today we're asking for the gift of faith to believe that all over again, to believe in this, in this season, to receive this gift that's been given to us as a child would receive a gift, simple childlike faith to believe. And maybe there's somebody in this audience today as we're praying, you would say, I want to have faith. I want to believe that. I want to know God that way. I want to have a relationship with him. I want to know God with us, God with me. If that's you, I invite you to pray the simplest of prayers. Jesus, I believe in you. Come on, somebody needs to pray that today for the first time, for the hundredth time. Jesus, I believe in you. Place my faith in you. Pray this with me. I believe you are who you said you are, the son of God, that you were born for me, that you lived for me, that you died for me, you were resurrected for me. I place a faith in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Father, thank you for every person who prayed that prayer today. God, we thank you for the glorious truth that with you, because of what you did at Christmas, we can be something we could never be on our own. A new creation in Christ Jesus. We thank you for it, and we give you praise. And everybody said... Amen. Come on. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.